Welcome to the Edge of the Headlights podcast. My name is Rob, and sitting next to me tonight, because we only had down to one mic, right. is my good friend Marty. How are we doing tonight, Marty? I'm not bad, man. It, it could be a lot worse. Uh, typical South Dakota bullshit. We've gone. The weather has everything. like ADHD, man. It does, man. It, it, we went from melting last week and everything gone to uh, snowing today, so that's fantastic. Uh, other places got a lot worse, I guess. But. I know, like, Sioux Falls, south of us. Well, no, north of us, north. they got five inches in Aberdeen. Yeah. Like, uh, it sucks to be Royce right now. He's probably out blowing snow. Uh, hell or yeah. you just wait a couple days and it'll just melt. Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be, like, 50s and 60s again the next two yeah. days. So. Yeah, I didn't even bother cleaning any of it off. I'm like, yeah, tomorrow it's going to be gone. It's already slush anyways. Well, I got a question. So before we started recording this, you were telling me about this triangle UFO footage you saw? Yeah. Uh, it, it's fucking wild. It, I don't even know where it came across it. It popped up into one of my feeds of of uh, this new footage of a, a triangular ship. Um, it it kind of it stopped me for a second because I have seen something that is very much like that multiple times. Uh, this looks like a new version of it, but uh, colors, shape, everything were all the same. Uh, and it, it's uh, pretty damn wild. I've been looking for it again and haven't come across it, so I'm not sure. Even, yeah, where the hell? I, didn't, I haven't dug too you deep sure into it. sure you didn't have like an aneurysm? Or right, man. I was at work, so I might have just been pissed. But, <laughs> but yeah, it is uh, cool as shit, actually. So, yeah, I think uh, after the show tonight, I'm going to try to dig around and try yeah, to find definitely. it again. Look around, send me a picture, and we'll post it on Instagram and that. Yeah, it was... Uh, or you can just draw a picture. You're pretty artsy, aren't you? No. Oh, okay. But I have other people for that. There you go. <laughs> we, you ha- we have other people? I have I have other people that are much more talented than I am. Oh. I, w- I will paint things that are already there, but that's really <laughs> the, the extent of my artistic ability, man. Mm-hmm. And that is all I've got on that. Well, we're not going to really talk about UFOs tonight, folks. That's in a couple other episodes. We'll talk about UFOs. Right. But tonight, we're going to have a special guest. We're going to have the founder of ECBRO, Daniel Benoit. There we go, Benoit. (laughs) There it is. He's going to yell at me for that. Probably. But, yes, we're going to talk to him tonight. We're going to ask him a few personal questions and just get his opinions on the Bigfoot stuff in general. Right. He does this, like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, he's out a lot, man. A lot. And I, I even want to just, you know, kind of hit for maybe people that don't know their group, just kind of, you know, background of, hey, when did you start? Why did you guys start yeah. this up? You know, things like that. And he does a lot of um, conventions, too. I see yeah. Like he's always posted for conventions he's going to or he's part of, and it's like yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, man. It's, and they're all on the East Coast. I wish we lived closer to the East it, Coast. Right, right. <laughs> we, we were the exact uh, middle of every coast, let's be honest. Yep. But yeah, no, it's uh, really cool that we were able to finally get some time with him. Because uh, he is tonight. a very busy man. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we tried a few months ago, and yeah. his timing just didn't work out to get an interview. And, you know, you go to the back of the queue at that point, and it's pretty sweet, so oh, yeah. pretty excited. All right, folks, we're going to stop talking now, and we're going to do an interview with Daniel. So tonight, we got Daniel with us from the ECBR. How are you doing tonight, Daniel? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys for having me on here tonight. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. So how did you, uh, everybody, if you don't know, you're the founder of ECBRO, the East Coast Bigfoot Resource Organization, correct? Yes, absolutely. 
Okay. How did how did you get into this? How, what 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 was your starting point for getting into this? Well, you know, it's funny. There's a couple things. Uh, you know, one of the main interests uh, that sparked this whole thing with the Bigfoot research uh, basically came from you know viewing the Roger Patterson and Bob Gimel footage on a number of occasions. I hear you. Um, yeah, and, and I think it did that. You know, I think that goes for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think you know, I think that opened up the doorway uh, for a lot of people to really like get into it and look into it more. Um, now, there's been Bigfoot. There's a Bigfoot history long before the Patterson footage. Um, right. You know, but I guess to see the quality of the film for that time frame, you know, back in 1967. Um, you know, and then even if you watch to present time, all the information that, you know, all the data, the studies, the analyzing that went into that footage, that they cannot debunk it to be anything other than a real flesh and blood creature. Uh, you know, the speculation and rumors that, you know, Bob Hieronymus is, was a man in the suit, but where's the suit? You know, and it's all he said, she said, but, you know, when science gets involved, I, I you know, I tend to believe science more than rumors, you know, and they can't debunk something and everything points towards something that was real non-human that's creating these tracks that were found at that site as well. Um, so that was a big thing for me. It opened up a door, it sparked, you know, the curiosity and it developed, um, a passion that grew out of this. And, and I tell you what, it had me out in the field, more alert, more, my senses, uh, you know, heightened, um, you know, and I, you know, I've been in the woods all my life. I grew up playing in the woods, hunting in the woods with dad. And, you know, it's just, it just made me want to be out there more to begin with. Uh, I mean, I love camping, you know, so forth. And so, yeah, it's just like, let's put it this way. When I was out there after really getting into this, I was seeing things that most people wouldn't see. Like, yep. you know, because do you mean people, like, you know, as for example, uh, foot tracks, you know, um, they became obvious. Uh, they became noticeable. Um, yeah, because before getting involved, it was, they weren't noticed cause I wasn't looking for them. Um, cause that, that's the biggest thing I, I get with, you know, the uh, skeptics, um, and you know, or non-believers, and some of these skeptics and non-believers are your hikers, your hunters, you know. And, um, yeah, you know, because one of the things I hear from, well, I'm out in the woods all the time. I never see these things. I never heard nothing. I never experienced nothing. I mean, as far as experience of something, it doesn't happen to everybody. There's people that's been involved with the research for 45 to 50 years, and they may not have ever experienced, any, you know, something. Maybe one time, you know. Um but yeah, um, as far as getting out there, these are things you start looking for these things. Yeah. You want to find them. You're going to start finding them if you take the time to look. Um, so yeah, it, like I said, it's big, you know, a lot of various things become noticeable. And, um, uh, so in over the years, one thing I have to be careful with too, cause I grew up learning about wildlife, you know, Bigfoot was something that came later. So, you know, and then me being a researcher, I have to be objective. I have to be able to 
decipher and, and separate, you know, the known versus the unknown, you know? So, um, and that's one thing I tell people, if you know, know what is known before seeking the unknown is if you don't know what is known, like our known wildlife, if you don't understand the tracks, if you don't understand their behaviors, and there's a lot of little things that could go into that, you know, cause a lot of people go in the field with Bigfoot on the brain and everything they found, every broken twig and, uh, snap tree, whatever it might be, they give Bigfoot the credit and then they're neglecting so many other things that are responsible for those very same things. So, um, yeah, you know, and I, I tell people this often, uh, on a number of occasions and, and yeah, it might sound like a broken record, but it's the truth. It's, you know, I just want people to consider what I'm saying. Um, I mean, I'm not no expert in no way, shape or form, but I like to believe that I share something based off of my critical thinking, you know, and I try to give a logical um, view on on various topics or subjects. Yeah, it's uh, like I, I've seen a yeah. couple of your posts on Facebook and like about you talking about how nature, like not everything is Bigfoot, like a tree branch breaks off. That could be from a big buck rubbing or something. It's just right. It could be anything, just a natural cause. But there is some stuff that's inexplicable. There, you're like, all right, this gives you pause. What causes? And it causes you go outside that comfort zone. Right. Uh, yeah. Because some things, and it's and, and I, what I'm about to say. I will say this: it's hard to do sometimes. It's very much hard to do. But for example, is rule now the other possibilities? Some of the things we might come across structures formations that we like to associate or point fingers towards bigfoot before we can consider bigfoot it's a process of elimination you know yeah and with that that's again that's what i mean it's not always easy to do i mean we got weather we got other wildlife we got other we got people you know if we're finding structures in these various locations well first of all wait a minute i'm there so that means somebody else could have been here in the past constructed this whatever this is for whatever reason or did weather nature blow these things together you know right. um that they fall this way some you know especially if you're in a in a forest where you got a lot of tall pines sometimes a lot of tall pines break a snap and fall over and they kind of fall into each other you like know i've seen stuff almost yeah exactly nature has a lot of amazing art so yeah, when I post, I do post a lot of pictures about you know showing various structures and formations. Some of them I do believe are some type of structures that were built with hands. You know, see, I, I have a question about this whole tree structure thing. I'm kind of fifty fifty on it. What yeah, is yeah, what what can you say is one for a fact that I can't say? What in your opinion you think was made by Bigfoot? Ooh, if. If there yeah. is any out there that you think, could, with your own opinion, this is your opinion, I'm just asking. Okay, yeah. I, I have to answer that like this. I can't say for sure Bigfoot did it unless I observed it. Correct. Um, but I'll go about and answer it this way. There is some formation, some structures that I believe, without doubt, that were uh, that were put together with by something or someone, you know, Basically, something with opposable thumbs that could grip and carry and place these things. Um, um, here's an example. Well, teepee structures, they're one of my most favorite kind of structures or formations to come across. Um, one of the other things is 
Yeah, I don't come across them often, but I have come across them, and they kind of it kind of blows my mind to find various trees, limbs, all twisted and woven together. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I got a couple pictures of some of these findings where they literally look like they're woven together, things crisscrossed and in and out kind of deal, you know, um, and. And they're not all of the same or all from the same tree species. Something or somebody did this. And for whatever reason, I don't know. But I guess you could say there's a possibility that there's a chance that Bigfoot may have done this. Mm -hmm. But I can't make it a fact unless it was observed. And that's one thing I try to point out to people. No. Unless you observed what made it, you can't say. <laughs> yeah. No, that could be like, we're always talking about observing. Like, I agree if you want to know something, did it, you watch it, do it. But that's like right. a lot of hunters, like I've talked to them around the area, and they're like, they do not believe in Bigfoot because of all the game cameras out there. What is your opinion on what, or what do you think, of, how can Bigfoot avoid game cameras so well? Wow. Well, that's a good question because I've heard from others so many different views and takes on the thing. I mean, I'm not going to get into what I've heard, but, you know, my honest thing is I do believe game cameras work if you have a good one. Uh, there is a lot of good ones out there. Um, they say that Bigfoot could see the infrared. Bigfoot could hear the game camera go off. Um, I believe that. And I'll tell you why, because I know the other wildlife. Yeah, all the other wildlife do. If you've got a, uh, a cheap, low-quality camera... I could hear it go off. If you're standing right next to that tree and you set that thing off, you'll hear a click, you know, yep. those are your low quality cheap cameras, you know? Um, but now on the other hand, a lot of the technology with game cameras, they now use an invisible flash yep. and a long, long range of view. Um, and just my simple view on that. I just believe it's a matter of time. Uh, camera <coughs> placed in the right place at the right time or when something happens to pass through there. Um, I do believe that maybe we should take into consideration that they need to, some of these cameras do need to be hit a little bit more, uh, placed, possibly placed up on higher, you know, higher up off the ground, facing down. I've heard others say that, and I agree to that. Um, but that, okay. But well, yeah. Just mentioning that where you said higher up, pointing down. That brings a picture, that one supposed picture, everybody says it's fake, of a, with a creature looking up at the game camera with its teeth bared. What do you think about that photo? You ever seen that one? Um, I I want to say yes. I think that's the one. I'm, yeah. I, it, it has The is face it, is really chimpanzee looking like. To me it is. Anyway. Um, is it mainly just the eye? Oh, no, wait, that's a different one I'm thinking about. This is one where it's up in a tree, the game cameras, and it's pointing down on the ground, and the Bigfoot creature is looking up at the game camera. Oh, that one. Yeah, that was an ape. Oh, man, I wish I knew the name. That wasn't. All right, yeah. If it's the one I'm thinking of, that was a gorilla that was in an enclosure um, or that they've been watching and observing. And it, there was a name for that one. It was an image. Oh man, that's killing me to re- forget the name. Well, that's, that as long as, it, long, it would, long as we was, know where that origin of that picture came from, because I had never yeah, heard that, the origin right. of it. Before. You always seen it thrown on some Bigfoot sites. <clears throat> this is a current picture of Bigfoot. I'm like, that looks really simian to me, and more not what I would yeah, think of Bigfoot right, as. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I, like I said, I apologize for not knowing no, the name fine. of it, but that's I fine. know I know the exact image you're talking about, and it, it's a known gorilla. Um, uh, man, I don't want to guess the name. I'll probably if you just guess the name, up. that's fine. We <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I've seen I've seen that image a million times. Uh, there's actually other images to go along with that. There's actually video footage. Um, uh, there was actually a documentary that uh, about the whole gorilla and everything in there. Um, huh. But um, yeah, there's numerous images out there that a lot of people in these various Bigfoot groups, especially on Facebook, um, I see these people trying to post these pictures, claiming to look what I caught on my trail camera. And and you're like, wait a minute, I know this picture. So you go back and use your reverse image app that you have on your phone. Not everybody yeah. has this, but it's a great tool. I advise people start using it, you know, before trying to post bogus stuff or, but it helps you discover a lot too um um but yeah there's a lot of images people use they're either from paintings or they're from a movie yeah there's so much so much bogus stuff out there people are trying to just you know post stuff out there for clickbait or right, or right. you just have these what we call trolls just looking for attention and messing with the uh, real believers you know yeah so, well like like i've always said the, the internet is great because it does give us access to so yes. much stuff. Unfortunately, it also gives access to assholes who want yeah. to just throw stuff out and mess with people. Bastards. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and like I said, it, it does make it really hard for, for people that are honestly trying to look for some of this kind of stuff where they're exactly. getting this clickbaited crap thrown out there and you're just like, Ugh. and you make everyone else look like we're crazy idiots. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. I'm, I said I never said I'm mean, crazy. Yeah, you know, I've been involved with the Bigfoot research for over ten years, and I've been laughed at, mocked at, and it, it doesn't bother me. Oh yeah, because no. it's just I've been involved with you know with it for so long. I mean, there's times I want to respond and have conversations with some of these people, but you know, then the reality is, don't even waste your time unless right. you know, unless right. you're willing to take the time to like, Hey, if they're curious enough to know, to ask some questions, you know, because people see the decals on my vehicle, yep. you know, and then if I get out in the parking lot at a store or whatever, Oh, have you seen them? Have you found them yet? Yep. Yep. And some of them I look at, I say, yep, I sure have. No, I, I, no, that's <laughs> and I, I just leave it at that. You know, yep, like, yeah. what do you do at like, that I, point? I yeah. I just, more, you. yeah, you gotta have to laugh it off sometimes or just kind of right. whatever, you know, yeah, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Have Marty. you? Have you? Are you a knower or a believer? Oh, I'm a knower. Really? Absolutely. I want to hear this knower. story. I want to hear this. Well, where should I start? All right. The beginning. Well, <laughs> well, there's a couple encounters I've had. Uh, one of them, I wasn't alone. There was actually six of us all together. But before I get into any of that, I, I like to make, uh, you know, one thing I like to tell people and make it known that. Before I've ever had any experiences, I kind of became a knower before any of that. Um, just from some of the things I found out in the woods, and you know, to most it wouldn't be enough, but it was enough to convince me. Um, you know, like I said, finding bipedal foot tracks, large bipedal tracks, you know, um, and then other odd things, uh, like a deer. One thing that I found several years ago up in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, where I spent two months up there exploring, and uh, I came across 
way out in the middle of the woods, a, uh, a whole section of deer carcasses. Um, oh. Some of them, they've been there for a while because some of them had the moss grown on them where the earth was starting to take over and hide the remains. Um, but yeah, there was, I don't know, there was several of them all in one little cluster. Dang. Um, you know, it makes you wonder what happened here, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I like, to, I tend to believe that was possible at, Hey, that's where maybe, maybe Bigfoot left his remains, right. you know? Um, it was his garbage pile. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Um, but little things like that, you know, they kind of establish the, the belief knowing kind of status in my mind. <clears throat> but, um, you know, a lot, you know, like I said, a lot of little things started adding up, you know, and clicking and that was observed and experienced. But, um, tell you, it wasn't until 2014 until I actually really had my first experience. Um, you know, I've had and heard other things out in the woods, you know, things I couldn't relate to our known wildlife, such as vocals, for, uh, for example, um, here in wood on wood knocks and bangs out in the woods um i've had responses from tree knocks you know when no one else knew i was out there i've had you know real responses you know in more than one direction you know that um those are little minor things um well here's a story that happened again back in 2014 during a camping outing um yeah, we were a group of Bigfoot people. I, I've gathered, you know, some people together that wanted to participate in the camp out um, to do some exploring, having, you know, more of a camp out and expedition kind of thing. And uh, this thing, uh, this event took place in my main research area here in Virginia. Uh, I will say it took place in the National Forest. And, um, yeah, we spent, you know, a lot of time during the day doing some exploring and scouting the area, looking for signs and everything. Uh, you know, we found a few interesting things, nothing to get too excited about. Uh, one of the guys, uh, with us came across some possible tracks way, way up behind the camp area up on the ridge, but, um, um, nothing, nothing conclusive. It was, but, um, nonetheless, it was still interesting. So, um, May 3rd, while we were hanging out at camp after exploring during the day, you know, it was starting to uh, get into the evening time and we, you know, we had daylight left and we wanted to do a night thing, but we took off on foot while it was still daylight and we left camp and went down to the lake that's in the area. Um, so yeah, we were spread out around the lake. Uh, we were actually in pairs of two and we had, there was a one couple that was with us, Kimmy and Darren. They actually stayed at the beginning of the lake um, it was easy for them due to their, you know, their health conditions. So we didn't want them spreading up to the lake, uh, the walk around the lake. It was a pretty good spread, you know, um, it was more convenient for them to stay put there, but we all had radio communication and that was very important. Even though we, we were all with, within view of each other before it got dark, of course, um, and the good thing about that area too, is nobody else was down there. Normally the lake has a lot of people there fishing, but there was not one soul around whatsoever. Um, I, that was a, I guess a bonus. Um, now after hanging around the lake, uh, you know, 
hearing, you know, hearing some movement up on the ridge behind us through our parabolic mics. Cause yeah, me and my buddy Tracy that was there, he had a parabolic mic and I had one with me cause I was paired up with a, a guy named Cliff. Um, and you know, like I said, Tracy was with his son. His son was probably about 14, 13, 14 at the time. Um, so anyway, yeah, we, we were hearing a few things and, uh, we ha- we were able to uh, give Kimmy uh, communicate down to Kimmy to do a vocal for us. Now, one thing I like to tell people: if you're familiar with Bobo from Finding Bigfoot's uh, Bigfoot call, well, she pretty much hits the female version of Bobo. Okay. Um, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's one thing I like to point out to everybody. And she's yeah she's very impressive for and she's a, she's small she's not a big lady she's a small thing and um but in that area vocals carry a good ways out there because you know you got the lake and you got two ridges on the side of you oh yeah you know so and it, yeah it's perfect location and um so she gave off the vocal and then after that i made sure everyone remained silent so after her vocal we're sitting there listening and it was interesting because we did get a return uh, response and it was no echo because this came after 10 seconds, uh, you know, a good 10 seconds of her call. Um, oh. if there, yeah, if there was going to be an echo, normally there is echoes out there, but I guess maybe it was from her location since she was at the beginning of the lake and the rest of us are down, you know, o- over towards the other end. Uh, we, I, um, If there was an echo, I didn't hear it, but the other response that came a little distant almost sounds similar to what she did. Uh, it was a little different. It was more straight. Hers had more of a up and then down, you know, tone. So, but, um, yeah, we thought that was pretty cool that, Hey, we got a response, you know, sound like it came somewhere over off the other top Ridge on the other side of the lake. Um, but so yeah, after that, we, uh, we hung around for a little bit and then, uh, Tracy Arnold, his son was starting to feel a little ill because he was getting frightened or scared. Uh, supposedly, I don't know, they claimed that there was up on the hill going up the ridge behind them, uh, there was a set of red eye shine looking down. Oh. So I don't know. I mean, because most of the, as far as wildlife goes, the only thing I like, only thing I know right off the top of my head in that area that gives off a red eye shine based off the reflection of the light you're using is normally black bears. Uh, black bears are uh, maybe raccoons. Uh, no, they're more yellowish, but, but uh, as far as bears, bears definitely give off a red eye shine. Um, I know at least every black bear I've seen at night, no matter what type of light you're using, their eyes always appear to be red. That'd be creepy as hell. We don't get to have too many black yeah, bears. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, we don't have any. We don't have very many black bears in eastern South Dakota. Right. Occasionally we'll get oh. them. We have more like oh, muskrats. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. So yeah, that, we got them here too. So you're talking about the eye shine. That what do you take? Because about the uh, reports of like people are in the woods, no eye sources, and they see glowing eyes. What do you take? What's your opinion on that? You know, that's interesting because I can't say I've ever experienced that. And I would love to see what these people are saying because normally with light reflection, basically to get a glow, that light that you project, you know. Needs to reflect off the eyes. Right. It needs to bounce back out, you know. 
through their, you know, uh, forget the terms of the eyeball. I, I'm not, right, right. Uh, yeah, I've had all those notes written down, but nothing's pulled out on that because you no, never fine. know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. You, you get you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most people that are into the Bigfoot community know that it's the light reflecting out the tampum in the back. I think right, absolutely. That because well, different animals like deer will give off the golden. Because I had yesterday morning, I was going to work at five thirty in the morning, and my headlights went across this field and creeped me the fuck out. There's three deer just standing there looking right oh, at me. I'm yeah. like, "There's no trees around here. Go away!" <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Deer, absolutely. I've deer can be very weird at night sometimes. Oh yeah, that's all you see is the eye shine, and I, I could tell you about a deer here in a little bit that led up to the encounter, but. Um, but yeah, as far as eyes, when people appear, you know, claim to see these glowing eyes, you know, without no other light source, um, shining at them, I had no answer for that, you know? And the thing is, there's people that like to believe that they are something more than what we think they could be here on earth. Okay. Let's, what do you, what, in your personal opinion, what do you think Bigfoot is? I believe, I honestly believe, and I've shared this um, based off of my research and some of my comparisons to other wildlife, um, I do believe that they are a unclassified, undiscovered primate of some sort. Um, and, and one of the things I want to point out and clarify to people, because you know, I, I, one thing I share and say often is a lot of people claim to say, well, they're not a primate, they're human. Well, there's a contradiction there because according to science, me and you as humans, we're considered human primates. Chimpanzees, bonobos, gorillas, baboons, so forth, are non-human primates. So in my classification of them, or my opinion of what I classify them in, um, I believe that they are a non-human, unclassified primate. Um, But I'm not saying that they're a chimpanzee. I'm not saying they're a gorilla. You know, and I'm not saying they're a human, but they are some type of primate. I mean, primates, they, you know, they're, they're definitely mammals. They got hair, fur, like me and you. Uh, I mean, they have, they walk bipedal, you know. I mean, a lot of people say because they have humanoid-looking feet. They have, they walk like a human. Well, it makes them a human. Not necessarily. I mean, Gigantopithecus was, you know, was proven to exist. And on the most part, you know, they don't think he was bipedal, but then again, he was a very large 10 to 12 foot tall primate that did exist. Yeah. Um, so was he a descendant of Gigantopithecus? I believe there's a very good possibility. I mean, over, over that time frame, there is an adaptation to the way each species of animal develops based off of the, uh, their habitat, you know? So, um, was he not bipedal that much in the beginning or over time develop that possible, you know, that growth, um, to better survive. Um, I believe the bipedalism is the key to a survival, uh, right. You know, as far as way back when with various primates. Um, but then again, look at, we still have the primates that we have now. They're more or less knuckle walkers. Um, but they're also observed on a number of occasions walking bipedal. Well, so, I, th- I think science kind of backs you on the bipedalism as an evolutionary trait, right? Because right. it's kind of been proven in science, like our four or many generations ago, they used to be like knuckle walkers, 
But when they sat, when they stood up on their hind legs, they were able to see more if there was danger there. So they just got more in the habit of walking on two feet. Right. Absolutely. Uh, are you frame? Are you familiar with that one small bear? I forget they they nicknamed it. Yeah, it, the the one where it has a hurt front paw, so it doesn't only walk on yeah, the two feet. Yeah. Exactly, and and that's the thing about bears. Bears do walk on their hind feet, but for very short periods of time. Right. Um, basically to benefit them for feeding or scratching their back or whatever. But there's a bear that, you know, made that his way of moving, you know, because he adapted to that to benefit him based off of, the, you know, his situation. So I believe that a lot of species, especially we're talking about a, a highly intelligent or believed to be highly intelligent species. Um, you know, so I believe that they, um, kind of developed that picked that you know over a period of time and it's become a trained thing you know maybe they don't start off that way because maybe their bone structure is not completely developed like ours are you know yeah we could bend over and do whatever and but um i believe there's a we don't see there's a lot we don't know about them so a lot of what i'm saying is more or less conjecture my speculation speculation, and my opinions right so but um yeah so there would be a lot to really look and study if ever if one was ever to be obtained um there's people that believe that there is one obtained through the government but that's a whole different story all in itself i think but i'm gonna approach this very <laughs> right right approach this very so, with some people this is a very uh how can i put this temperamental question yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> what I'm trying to beat the wrong bush is like, what is your uh, kill or no kill? That's a good question. Um, I'll answer it like this, and this is how I've always answered it. I believe in no kill. However, if you're armed and you need to protect yourself, by all means, you know, do what you got to do. You, you're the one that needs to survive, you know? So. Right. But That's kind then, of the message I sent you earlier today on my opinion on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, one thing I like to add to that, too, is that a lot of people believe that, yes, we need a body for the sake of science. You know, science that's the way science looks at it, because mainstream science right now is not on the Bigfoot train. And some of them that are involved with science, I want to be careful how we say this, but there is some that are getting involved. But the mainstream science as a whole yeah, they're not on that train, but they will tell you if Bigfoot exists, put them on our slab, you right. know, let us go to work. So, but I believe there's other ways of getting involved with that, you know, as far as finding evidence and, um, you know, speaking to various, uh, professors from, I'm not going to mention their universities and their names, but, uh, I, I actually have spoken publicly about them in the past, but right now until I learn more of what they're continuing to do. Um, yeah, there's, there's projects involved with obtaining DNA and, um, through various uh, protocols based off of people like me, uh, and the, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what the right word is, other researchers that get out there and explore looking for evidence. Um, like for example, when we find tracks out in the woods, um, there's protocol. There's certain steps that we can start taking that will build up towards um, 
the credibility for science. So like, okay, let's consider this. They're starting to do uh, work on eDNA. eDNA is probably one of the main things that we can start considering, you know. Um, That's the one where you take eDNA is basically the one where you like, if you take like a sample of water source, you can tell what upstream has been drinking from the water. Is that what you're talking about? Right, exactly. And not just water, but also soil samples. Soil samples, anything that's from the earth, you you know, um, basically anything out in nature that's uh, from the ecology, you know, um, start grabbing, uh, start uh, obtaining these samples that are found in, like, for example, you find tracks, um, you find an area you believe a Bigfoot was laying there, gather the gather the, the evidence maybe right there in front of you. It, it may not be visible, but it's right there. Um, but then again, you got people that find these structures and, oh, man, this this might be a Bigfoot structure. But, oh, let's get inside it and find out. Oh, it's, you know, before you know it, you're contaminating it. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's that's why a lot of us don't know about this. A lot of people don't think about this. They don't consider this because it's not being told and taught to them for those that are seriously wanting to research and provide um, serious concrete evidence, you know. Um, um, It was once said that a lot of people like me and others that go out there, uh, basically we're considered uh, glorified campers, you know. and you know this is this is actually that harsh. statement is actually come yeah that statement is basically coming from someone who doesn't believe in it at all and makes oh, a yeah. joke about everybody but but some of the stuff he said is spot on and true uh, you know yeah you got you just your enthusiasts and they think it's fun to go out exploring and and they end up calling themselves Bigfoot researchers right um, I find that very you know uh, how, how I want to say this one thing I'm yeah one thing I'm very careful about especially when I go to presentations and I talk to people, when I introduce myself, I'm a wildlife and Bigfoot researcher. Notice how I said wildlife before Bigfoot. Right. Because wildlife should always come before Bigfoot. Bigfoot should always be our last consideration on any conclusion. So, um, so yeah, to me, that's very important. And I think it's very important for other people to take in and consider. So, um, as you're about, I want to jump back to that eDNA stuff. How yeah. is there like a for like for anybody if everyone want to go on the internet and look up how to do it? Is there a way like a protocol they could follow if they wanted to do something like that? If they happen to run across what they think could be possible evidence, or is there a certain well, guideline? Uh, well, I can't act. Uh, I can't respond accurately to way, uh, but I will put it to the put it to you this way. With any DNA, you want to be professional about it. You don't want to contaminate it, regardless. Um, basically, you know, when you when we breathe, you want to at least be two feet away. So that's why it's important. They recommend always wearing a mask so you're not breathing and spreading out that contamination through your mouth. The other thing is, too, hands. You want to wear gloves. You want to properly put on the gloves. You know, and the other thing is, too, when you're obtaining any sample. Um, you really want to use paper bags. Uh, plastic will contaminate. It creates moisture and bacteria, and therefore it'll spread and contaminate what might be there, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's very important to wear your PPE, you know. You're, you know, you're not just protecting you. You're protecting that, that sample. Um, 
So, yeah, it's very important to do that. Uh, that's one thing I would recommend. If you're going to start collecting, uh, you want to go about using, like again, paper. Make sure you have some kind of rubber, latex gloves, and a so, mask. All the Bigfoot programs I see where they take samples where they put it in the plastic bags are wrong. I'm not I'm not being condescending, condescending right. or anything. I'm just saying. Because if I was happy to run across something, my first uh, instinct would just be throw it in a plastic bag. Right, right. But that's not the proper way I just found out. Well, I, well I'll tell you this much, too. Um, if you were to like automatically just put it in a uh, plastic, yeah, I believe there, I haven't really researched this, but I will tell you, I believe there could be a, uh, expiration time on that. Um, for example, if, if that's all you have to put your evidence in, do it, but make sure you're able to transfer it elsewhere. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can get the proper, so I, I mean, I'll tell you, I've used plastic before because that's all I had, Right. but uh, one thing I like to use, I like to save my empty medicine containers or empty Tylenol bottles. Um, even though they're plastic, there are different type of plastic. There's yeah, they're a class you know, two. They're food grade or food grade quality. Right, yeah, plastic. And, yeah. right, and they don't cause they don't create condensation or nothing like that. Because I mean, hey, they kept your pills dry. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. So, you know, so <laughs> but um, yeah, um, yeah, like my metformin bottles. I'm a diabetic, so I, I take metformin. And uh, my bottles, they're pretty big, and I like to keep them in my backpacks when they go empty. So, oh, heck um, yeah. Yeah, so they definitely come in handy. And, you know. Um, this, yeah, th- just and, to forewarn you, that I'm going to have random questions all over the place. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, don't, no, it's no problem. Not a problem. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> you know, I, and that's usually how I am when I give presentations. I don't know how people take it, but when I give a presentation, I go from one subject to another and to another, and then I might come back to where I was starting because <laughs> based off of what I'm jumping to, there's reasons why I'm doing that. Right. So I can come back to where I started as, okay, well, everybody remember when I was saying this and what I'm talking about now, this is why, you know, so I'm random like that myself. So yeah, I okay. love it. <laughs> well, I've asked other people before we did this interview, I asked people like me and Marty, we have our own questions, but I asked people that really don't listen to about Bigfoot stuff. And I asked right. him, I said, we're going to talk to somebody who does Bigfoot, wildlife, and research and all that stuff. I said, what questions would you ask him? Do you want to hear some of the questions? <laughs> yeah, why not? The I'm biggest, curious to know if I know these. The weirdest one I ever heard is that, okay, that's our podcast. We swear like sailors, so I don't really offend it, but it's just kind of weird saying this. This guy <laughs> asked me this question. He's like, well, has anybody ever seen Bigfoot's dick? I had a feeling we're gonna throw that out there. I had a feeling because I've had other people bring that up too. But that's so. just weird, man. This guy, this came from a guy, and I'm like, "Are you like coming out of the closet on me here?" Just I don't know, but anyway, he he wasn't coming out of the closet. I'm just saying, he's like, "How come there's always been all these Bigfoot reports, but no one ever mentions his genitalia?" Because the guy, they say the reports nine to ten foot tall Bigfoot. He's got to have like a real whopper there or something. He's saying, hey, "What the yeah. hell, man?" I've, I can't say I've ever seen one. I mean, right. I've never had that good of an uh, observation. But I have heard other reports on that. People, you know, have claimed to have seen them and talk about, yeah, some of some say you was huge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I'm sorry. I, if I ever if I was ever see one of these creatures, I hopefully someday I will. I'll probably be in awe and terrified at the same time. But that's not where my eyes are going to go right away. But it's going to be looking at his face. To oh, see yeah. What his face looks like. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. That's the most common thing. You're 
I mean, yeah, you're going to view, if it's right in front of you, you're going to, I mean, depends how close it is too, but you're going to observe the whole thing. But most people get mesmerized. They want to watch the face. Yeah. They want to watch the expressions. But, you know, then again, you don't know what to expect. You know, every, you, you're going to be frightened. You're going to get froze, you know, you're, you know, in your tracks, you know. So, um, yeah, I just sometimes when you're in that moment, you don't there's certain things you want to, you know, later on, you end up thinking about certain things like I should have took a picture. I should have oh, done yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely not in that moment. You know, like, for example, when we had our encounter, <coughs> we could have pulled our night vision out to get a better view because our encounter involved just seeing the eye shine until the biggest one did a maneuver and we did make out a silhouette and the silhouette was the most that we've seen out of the three subjects we saw together and yeah there was three of them one was about four feet tall the other one was about six feet tall and the biggest one was around eight feet tall wow and yeah and it made a maneuver where it actually turned to its left and then took a step and then looked back at us and blinked its eyes again. When it made that maneuver, that's when a silhouette was made out. Because keep in mind, this actually took place after midnight. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, this was just after midnight as we were headed back to our campsite, uh, coming out from the lake. So, yeah, um, all three of them all had the same color eye shine. And, again, we didn't see no – physical features we didn't see nothing um for the record since you know i'm coming back to the encounter now um uh, you know i could have started a little bit before that what led up to that, but but as far as the smallest one the four foot one the first thing that was the first one we we noticed and one of the main things that it was doing that we observed it was swaying side to side really so, you know yeah, and that's another thing you hear more in the bigger ones that people report seeing. Oh, it was swaying side to side, but coming from behind a tree. Well, apparently it was pure darkness. These subjects were right out of the side of our light view. And again, they must have been black fur or black hair, whatever. And they blended in very well with the night. And But the only thing that we made out was eye shine. But that small one... There was no denying it was swaying side to side at a fairly decent uh, rate, you know. Um, And the other thing was, too, later on, this later on, I've actually gotten to think about this. And and I've been telling people, I said, wait a minute, you know, here I am. I I think it's, you know, I'm like I talked about earlier. I believe there's some type of primate. So primates do that. Chimpanzees do that. A lot of non-human primates do that. And people may ask, well, why do they do that? It's an anxiety issue. It's a, They're anxious. They're And also, it's a type of nervousness. They might be uh, um, experiencing or feeling fear, you know? Um, that's one of the many reasons why. Or it, could, or it could be showing the person that they're watching if they see them, hey, I'm not too happy about this. This is why I'm swaying back and forth. Don't come near me. <laughs> Right, I mean that could be it too. And then here's the other thing: the two other taller ones, the six foot and the eight foot one, never like had any major movement. They like we just observed them blinking eyes. We saw that they were blinking their eyes. And again, till we saw the biggest one when he popped up, yeah, he made that maneuver that made uh, that happened. Our light just so happened to capture him at the right angle, where 
a wide, broad shoulders and a big brown head was made out. Oh man! See, them do, the bigger ones weren't scared of you because they could have pummeled you into the ground. <laughs> the little ones like, oh, I yeah. don't know if I can handle you. <laughs> well, here's the thing too. It, like I said, there were six of us, and we were up on the forest road coming out of the lake. But right there on the edge of the forest road where we were observing them in the woods, the ground sloped down several feet and leveled out. And so they were roughly about uh, 30, 40 feet, give or take. So Ugh. they were just within, you know, uh, you know, as far as picking up their eye shine and everything. Like I said, the only thing I could think of why we didn't see any other f- features on them, especially uh, facial features or whatnot, they had to been they had to have been just outside of that view of light you know right because uh, like I said this was just after midnight and um, so yeah it was interesting well, it was very interesting that, that this took place huh well I was saying if they're just out of the view the range of the light that shows highly intelligent to you know hey we can see right here we can watch them but they can't see us. Right, exactly. And well, and again, the other thing I thought about too is like they had to been black because I've heard a lot of people report seeing black Sasquatches. Right. Um, now, just a few miles from there, up the other end of the forest road, I heard a report of someone around, it, I think it happened between six and seven o'clock one evening several years ago. They had one cross the road out on them. It was probably around six feet tall, but they described it being more of like a brownish color, like a dark reddish to a brownish color you know um so yeah i mean there may be different ones different colors different species of them you know right Um, well throughout the area or maybe they're just passing through or something you know so it's no different variant than uh you know say blonde red-headed dark-haired right people even you see that uh even in uh bears a lot of primates bears there there are variations in those shades Absolutely. Well, that's a, that. I'm glad you said that because that's another thing too. I find a lot of hairs snagged out in the woods. Some on you know various trees and posts and tree snaps and breaks. And um, for the record, I've had a lot of encounters and you know experiences with bears. Nothing violent, not, or nothing harmful. But um, I observe. You know, people might call me crazy, but man, I love a, examining their scat. You know, <laughs> uh, that was one of the questions I had to ask you. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to say I'm a bear poop expert. So right, I right. like to know I like to know what's in their diet and what they've been eating. So I, I can tell you, I've seen a lot. You know, so it's on my crawfish. card. Yeah, I've seen crawfish crustaceans and you know a lot of nuts and berries, seeds. You know, because I mean, that's their main diet. You know, yep. so now how would okay? Uh, that's how how would you determine? difference between like i know they're like deer scat and i'd have it scat and all that but how would you determine if it came from bigfoot or a bear how would you would you would you be able to make that determination well that could be very tricky because i what people people describe bigfoot scat more like what ours would look like it may be in a little bit larger form perhaps Mm -hmm. but but the thing is bear scat could look like that too bear scat i have seen on more than one occasion that some bear scat will look like it was done by a human but it's because it's the way it's clumped together and everything right but a majority a majority of bear scat is more of like looks like a soft serve or you know it looks it's ma- mainly piled up in a you know like i don't know how to it's, describe it's like, it. like it's a, like an old-fashioned soft serve cone with the little ripples on it yeah, like somebody yeah, just, like, yeah 
<laughs> oh, like a pile, yeah, like a pile of ice cream just just landed there. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, but again, some of it is clumpy and lump, you know what I mean. So, um, so I think if it was anything that looked like big, uh, you know, I don't know, that would be kind of tricky. It would have to really stand out and make you like, wait a minute, you know. <laughs> All right. All right, Daniel. I, I guess. I got a and question. The other thing is, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish finish your sketch. Oh, no. I, I was just going to make mention. I would also assume that if it was a Bigfoot boop, I would assume it would stink because here's the good thing. As much as I examined bear scat, it poked that fresh bear scat and smelt it. It doesn't have a smell like ours or or think about canines. Canines poop stinks. That's we, you know, it's rotten. But I would have to assume that Bigfoot's poop would have to be raunchy and stinky like ours, or if not worse, you know? So yeah. that's something I would consider. <laughs> so, cause a bear scat, like I said, bear scats, believe it or not, it's a clean poop, you right. know? So, you know, so there's not really much of an odor there, you know? Well, it's like, like with most animals, eaters. like with bears, I think they'd have to use every ounce of fat they can get out of it. So there ain't much coming out of it at the end. Right. Absolutely. All right, I have a question here from Cody. Where are they looking, and have they found any concrete evidence that makes them feel like they are gaining ground in their Bigfoot research? All right, um, repeat uh, repeat okay. the beginning part of that. Okay, where are they looking, and have they found any concrete evidence that makes them feel like they are gaining ground in their research? Uh, where are they looking, and have they gained any ground in their research? Um, well, as far as, okay, so where I look, um, yeah, I mean, I will say this over the years, I have a general location where I, where I do a lot of my main research. It's out of the national forest here in Virginia. And it is a very, the national forest is very large. It's very large, but I have one particular area. Um, it's a large area, but I have it broken down into what I call zones. I have ECBRO zone one, you know, ECBRO. Um, so I, I have different zones mapped out and in these zones over the years, I've observed and explored in these areas, um, observing and picking up different changes, whether it be natural causes or other causes that stand out that may not be natural causes. Um, so when it comes to research, as much as you want to find an answer, I will say this, you can't rush uh, research. Uh, you got to, you got to go through it with a, you know, fine tooth comb. You got to really take the time. Um, as far as what we find when you find an active, well, let me put it to you this. So when you find an active area, when you found uh, an area that's been producing what we believe to be concrete evidence, Although it's not science's concrete evidence, it may be our personal concrete evidence, such as a foot track that we, um, I photograph, I make foot casts of, and I collect, you know. Um, I do have a series of tracks over the years that I've collected um, just for my main research area. Yeah, there were some other areas I've come across tracks too, but but again, my main research area has produced evidence and I've had other experiences there that tell me that they're hanging there. They've you know, there's been two or three years in a row that's remained very active um, between the vocals, the hard, powerful tree knocks, um, and then the experience. 
Um, yeah, they're they're using this area, um, the hunt in, the shrive in. These are thick areas, so. But um, so you know, I want to be careful how I try to answer this. Um, you just you answer but, to the best of your ability. <laughs> it's a broad question. Yeah. Actually, it's not really All a broad right, yeah. question. It's more of a specific question. Until right. this creature is proven real, you can't really give the answer to that you just from own personal experiences. Right. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the evidence I've found there, it's tell me that they're, you know, they're inhabiting this area. So I need to keep focusing in this area. Um, this particular area, I've probably been in this area, I'll be honest with you, probably between seven, somewhere between seven and nine years. And this is a very large area, and I've gotten to know a lot of this area. I can take you in this area. You can probably drop me off in the middle of nowhere out there, and I'll know my area because um, – I've done so much exploring out there and there's a lot of little things that I've experienced along the ways, but nothing I can brag about. Nothing I'm going to get into and say, yeah, I saw a big, you get people out there all the time. Well, I see him out there. He's out there at camp he's hanging around me or as a group. You know. Unfortunately, I don't have it, have it like that. I've had a couple of different experiences and a lot of little minor things that I take notes of to kind of look back on, you know, but, um, yeah, as far as evidence, anyone involved with research and exploring like I do, let me advise you or recommend or suggest that you got to pick an area and get to know the area, know the terrain, learn about the wildlife, get familiar with what's there, you know, and that's basically what I do. Uh, I don't know if it's going to take me anywhere. I don't know if I'm going to prove anything to anyone. Um, I'm definitely not out to convince anybody. Um, but I'll share what I know. I'll share what I learn. Um, if there is some kind of evidence, I'll love sharing it. You know, it's kind of like getting all involved in a, a fishing tournament. Hey, that team got the big one. They got bragging rights. You know, that's some people look at it like that. I know, you know, right. <laughs> so, um, thing is you, you gotta have fun with it. You know, if you enjoy nature, if you love the outdoors, and regardless, you're going to have fun if you find something or if you don't. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to continue to uh, cover these areas and explore these areas. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely recommend do not take an uh, aggressive approach. When I go out there, I explore during the daytime. And then right there where I camp at, there's a spot right around the corner from where my, ex- uh, my two main encounters and experiences happened. I camp right outside that area and I've had other people out there with me. Um, you know, not just the 2014 encounter, but since then I've had other people out there with me sitting there at camp and they got to hear some of the things I hear. Um, you know, and like, for example, tree knocks. And it sounds like someone's taking a Louisville slugger up against one of these big bull pine trees just across camp. And, Talking about some power behind these knocks, you know. I've had people like jump up and stand up ten o'clock at night after hearing this. Shoot, there was one time I had my father camping with me. You know, he's always hears the stories of what I hear and might experience and whatnot. He had just gone into his tent that night. You know, he, he was it was about sixty degrees and he was feeling pretty cold. You know, due to the medicine, uh, medicine he was taking, it made him cold, and he wanted to go lay down. But yeah, shoot, 
those powerful tree knocks brought my dad out of the out of his tent in a oh hurry. My gosh. <laughs> That's how close it was. Dad got out of his tent, scurried out of his tent, and said, and he was like, "I heard that," and I couldn't help but point and laugh. You know, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Point over, yeah. I pointed in the direction right. I showed him. I said, "Right there, Dad." And I was laughing. I said, "I told you, Dad." <laughs> you know, I said, "They're here. This is where they happen. This is where everything happened." And it, it's been productive, and it's been, you know, you know, it's, you know, it, it. I guess you could say some of the stuff I've always talked about and shared. It's like, it, it, you know, and when I bring other people out there, I'm happy that they get to experience it. And where it's not just me saying this is happening. This yeah. is what I heard. They get to hear it too, you know. So um, it's a hit or miss. It doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen all. You know, um, you know, you, you don't know if it's going to happen. You, you can only hope that you get to he- hear something cool and wild, you know. Um, but believe it or not, one of the most wild things I hear out there, and I love hearing them. And if they'll catch you off guard. Is some of the yells and the screams coming from the barred owls? Oh yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> I've had people sitting at my camp, and all of a sudden, right, right there at camp, or right behind camp, the barred owls do their wild, god awful scream. Oh, it's horrible know? too. Yeah, it's horrible. Oh yeah, and oh, I've had god. like I had a buddy of mine get freaking pumped up and excited, dude. I said, it's right there. I said, it's a now, man. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> I said, trust me, I hear them out here all the time. So You're right. It said, is right there, and it's an owl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, I know all owls. I know they're crazy wild. I mean, the coyotes, I've heard coyotes close. Oh, I've yeah. heard them distant. And the way their vocals bounce off these, you know, these ridges and hollows out here, yeah, you're going to hear some crazy stuff. You oh, know? yeah. See, um, but that, that goes back to the point you said you're a wildlife researcher before bigfoot researcher so you know what the wildlife sound is going to sound like oh with all the crazy shit going on out there yeah now i'll be honest there is a scream that i have recorded it's actually on my uh soundcloud i share it every so often and um but i was actually puzzled by this one thing and i've heard it on a few different occasions but one in particular it picked up while i was sleeping on my artery recorder and when i found it i said wait what is that? That's wild. So I was like, I thought of the closest species of animals that that could have been from. And I'm thinking, that sounds like that could be a fox. Because I've heard foxes make some crazy screams yep. and yells, and, you know. And that's the closest thing I could hear, I pick up off it, that it was some kind of fox. Wow. So I went through the, you know, I, I even jumped on YouTube. I listened to every vocal I can from a fox. I was like... I'm listening to this and I'm going back and playing my sound. I was like, no, no, no. Okay, maybe. No. (laughs) But I I just, I don't know. I mean, it very well have been a fox, but it just, it was cool as hell. You know, it was really, it stood out, you know, and I couldn't get a quite match on a fox compared to what I had recorded, you know, so, but I'm not saying it can't be a fox. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything that, that matched up to that so yep. you know but so yeah, yeah. But, no, uh, no. I've, uh, I've heard other vocals out there and pretty cool stuff but yeah uh going back to how you had said that uh you don't go out there with the intention of of proving anybody to anybody that this is you know a, a real thing and i think a lot of serious uh, researchers actually 
do get drawn into it because of their own personal wanting to figure out what this is, not to, you know, well, like you said, you know, oh, I got the biggest fish. I think I think right, a lot right. of people that are serious really do originally get drawn into it for their own personal need to figure out what this is, to find that unknown. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, and that's another thing, because there's people out there, uh, you know, I know a lot of good, honest people that just love being out there. Oh, yeah. And experiencing what they can for themselves. And it's, I, I look at it, it's a big learning uh, pool, you know, um, regardless if you experience Bigfoot or not, being out in nature, you're going to learn something. You're going to start oh, picking yeah. up on things, you know, and yep. time, time and experience will do it all for you, you know, but, uh, yeah, me personally, if I come across something, I, I love sharing my findings regardless of what people think of them. You right. Know? You know, I have fun sharing it, you know, it's for speculation discussions, you know, um, and then some people, one thing I like is people will send me stuff. Like if I post pictures of something, well, like, Hey, look what I, look what I found out in my area from some other state. It looks identical to what maybe I found or something close to it, you know? And they're, you know, people are comparing these different findings in these different areas. Yeah. So then you got to think, okay, you, you want to get more information about the forest or the, you know, the, the layout of that land. Could there be something like what sometimes we talk about weather, uh, like when it comes to being in a pine forest where you get the tall, skinny pines where a lot of them collapse and do this or what kind of structure is it? You know, what what kind of woods it made from? Uh, you know, these are little thoughts that come through my mind. I say, OK, could they have been made from, you know, there's a lot of different objective, you know, questions you could ask yourself on, you know, um, you know. I mean, a lot of us like to believe that, you know, like I said, there's always that possibility Um, because that's one thing I present a lot on my findings. Um, I may state something that, hey, it might be this, but there's always that possibility it could be that, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, and I try so hard to be careful when I present something. Yeah, it's easy to say, yeah, Bigfoot did this. This is a Bigfoot structure. Right. Well, you know, I, as much as I want to say that, I can't because with everything I presented and what I try to teach coming from me, then that would be a contradiction. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it becomes you know, very so, hypocritical. I mean, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm. I, you know, like I said, it's easy to fall into the mindset of Bigfoot uh, being responsible for a majority of what we find. Right. I know how it is. Every time I go out in the woods, yeah, I like, I fall, I fall, you know, I, I see how easy it is to fall in that line um, of Bigfoot thinking. And uh, I will tell you this much. I don't know if you ever watched Les Stroud's Bigfoot uh, series. And well, I, I mean, I watched some of them. I didn't get into watching all of them. Uh, there's right. a few I watch here and there, but there was one thing he once said. And ever since I heard it, it stuck with me. And I like to say this and share this a lot. When you're out there in the field, you know, you're out there looking for Bigfoot or evidence or whatever you might be doing. Don't fall prey to deception. And those words right there hit it home. Yeah. 
I mean, some people may not understand what that might mean. So, you know, I, I feel free to break that down. Yeah, don't fall prey to deception. Basically, don't be gullible. Yep. You know, don't assume that this is that. This is, you know, process of elimination. You know, it's right. a simple scientific method and steps that, you know, that, hey, the FBI do that when they're at a crime scene. They got, you know, anyone that's investigating a scene, a lot of people, then that's another thing. A lot of people believe when you find possible evidence out in the field, you got to, barricade the area off and you know treat it like a crime scene that may be true you know uh, anything that you're observing you got you do got to el- try to eliminate the other possibilities again it's easier said than done yeah i know i mean <laughs> you can't hurt to do in the middle of fifty thousand acres and your nearest town is 20 exactly. miles away yeah exactly <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's like and there's uh, so much other wildlife out there you just don't know yeah um, squirrels do random so. shit oh yeah <laughs> yeah i know right if, hey if you don't if, if for the listeners if you don't believe that watch uh open season <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey at least he made the movie quote instead of us right time. yeah that's awesome I oh do have God. I have one final question because I know you're a busy man. You gotta go to what do you got going on in Illinois? Camping, right? Uh, yeah, we're uh, yeah uh, we're headed out early tomorrow morning. Uh, we got about eleven hour drive. Yeah, uh, yikes! And yeah, we're yeah. So I'll be dropping by, uh, back in time. I've never been out of Eastern time zone, so I'm gonna be dropping into Central time. Trust Ooh. me, you'll get jet lag. <laughs> if you're driving, yeah. <laughs> but I have one so, final question I'll ask you. Then we'll you can we'll talk about it a little bit more. What is oh, yeah, your sure. opinion on Dog Man? Oh man, <laughs> um, people oh. Are gonna, pe- people are gonna hate me. I mean, you can say well, it's see <laughs> no, with our with our, uh, Hang on a second, Daniel. Like with our program, everybody is allowed to have their own opinion. Because right. like with Ghost and me, Marty we do not see along. So whatever your opinion is, we'll respect that. And our listeners hopefully will respect that too. Yeah. Well, as much as Dogman in discussion has been presented to me, even my girlfriend, I have to tell us, babe, I don't believe in that. <laughs> I said, there's a lack of evidence, for one thing. There's not a history behind the Dogman legend as there is Bigfoot. Bigfoot's, there's legends and stories that date hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And on top of that, the other thing I like to throw out there, too, now somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I've, I've asked this and no one's ever provided nothing. But Native Americans, they have wall art and drawings of everything they've ever witnessed and seen. They have, they have the big hairy man, you know, as, as we know as Bigfoot. They have every known species they've, uh, they have drawings of. As far as I know, I could be, again, I could be wrong, but... Where's their drawings of a bipedal dog, canine, you know? Um, and then let me jump to this one, too. I used to be in a lot of these dogman groups just to observe what people present as evidence. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to tell you, when they post tracks, I'm going to tell you, what they're, they're supposed to be posting canine tracks when they're posting feline tracks, yep. you know? Um, so that there, I was like, this is a joke. People don't know their wildlife. Like, look at how, yeah, there's big cane, uh, feline tracks, mountain lions. Some of them have big paws. Yeah, have a lot of them cats. have small paws because, you know, your females are going to have a little smaller. But your right. male, yeah, the, out west in the mountains and stuff, yeah, there's some big muscular uh, mountain lions that look like they're on steroids. Oh, yeah. 
you know big beefy um, boys yeah i mean we got we got them here in virginia but they're not that big i mean i saw they deny that they're here on the east coast but there's several eyewitnesses to them here i'm an eyewitness to seeing a black one right oh, outside damn. of my main research area across really? the road on me yeah um tennessee's known for having them you yeah. know but there's yeah right here in virginia alone there's several sightings of cat you know mountain lions you know but uh yeah back to the dogman thing again to me it's a lack of evidence there's nothing that supports or gives me any convincing that they could be here or, or existing um <laughs> um i don't know you guys ever hear a scott a scott carpenter oh yeah yeah okay well it's funny because i watched i watch a lot of these different shows on tv and there was one, I believe it's called The Proof is Out There. Yep. And, yeah, so if you're familiar with that show, they do a presentation on uh, introduction. They present these videos. They prevent, uh, present images. Then they take your professionals and analyze footage. They did this with Scott Carpenter's alleged images from his video footage. Yep, yep. And they broke it down, and yeah, they basically classified him and said it outright that he's a hoaxer. Um, oh, damn. His, yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, Not even playing I around know, there, like, no, we're throwing the bullshit flag down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I can't, you know, shoot. Up. I, I don't know, I mean, these are people in their, they're professionals in their field with what they do. I mean... They're classifying it as a hoax, but basically, maybe they could have been nicer about it. Say, no, this ain't what this guy's claiming it is because <laughs> this is what it really is, you know. But um, maybe Scott believes it is what he thinks it is, right. you know. <laughs> but in reality, this is what it really is, you know. So, yep. Um, so yeah, maybe they they could have been nicer about it. I think. <laughs> you know? So uh, even though harsh, I was, but... I was never. Yeah, it was. I was never a fan of Scott Carpenter's because yeah. I, I know people that live local here that watch him and swear to him and worship the guy you know so but um yeah that know. gets it to just, be dangerous too though yeah absolutely so but yeah again the dogman things if something ever changes uh you know if evidence comes up you know a lot of people say oh you got to experience it for yourself you know um my other thing is too people that claim to have seen a dogman Sometimes I believe their observations, if they are really seeing something, just like Bigfoot, there's a lot of misidentifications in this world, you know? True, there is. Um, is. You know, so, I mean, people are seeing something, calling it this, and, you know, whatever. I mean, or maybe they're seeing things, having imagination in the woods, because sometimes, just like pictures and images, if you stare too long at something, something's going to appear there that's not really there, you know? Oh yeah, uh, a lot of optical illusions, you know, creating false, uh, you know, enmities, you know, and so forth. Matrix, <laughs> matrix but, scene. That's what you're yeah. yeah, exactly. <coughs> Excuse me. But I will um, say, I'll, Daniel, that uh, your answer so, has uh, kind of piqued my interest into actually looking into uh, some of the the native art to see if there is a yeah. yeah I mean, that, absolutely. Uh, I an mean, interesting. I'm avenue. curious myself. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we don't get to see. I mean, I'm sure there, I mean, we got the internet. We got the global web. I mean, we got worldwide web, you know? Right. 
there's got to be something. If there is something from the Native Americans, it's got to be out there publicly somewhere. Yeah, that, that's it's just, interesting. It's like I our, never thought like, of that. We had an interview one time, Joe Kistner. He yeah, was talking yeah. about, like, in Browns Valley, they have all this, like, Thunderbird art up on in, in Browns Valley. Yeah, yeah. I never knew about that. And there's yeah, probably and some other places around, too, where they may have random things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's literally, what, an hour away Not from even, us? Yeah. And, yeah, we didn't even know they had that there. It's like, oh, okay. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, see, now, something, something what you just mentioned, the Thunderbird? Right. Now, that there, I, yeah, I could easily believe in that. Because there's claims where people believe they have seen what they describe as a pterodactyl. Yep. I mean, why, not, why couldn't something like that still exist today? It may yeah. not be common it might be rare Something, right you know um i mean we have evidence of living dinosaurs today crocodiles and yeah. alligators and a lot of other reptiles but yeah i was watching something on uh, a video just the other day is the question is well one of the questions were in the documentary or whatever it was i was watching was First, the question was, why did the dinosaurs go exist and everything else can, uh, kept living, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the other question is, I said, well, how do we know they all went extinct, you know? I mean, I mean, I think there's some things, there's a lot of mis- mysteries in this world, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. I believe there's Evolution. a lot of possibilities. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you even have stories of uh, Macaulay Mbembe from uh, the, the African basin. Yeah, in the Congo. Of mm. a giant, basically a giant brontosaurus type creature, still that's rumbling around there too. They don't think it's a. They think it's some. A, oh, I can't think of the damn name, but they think it's something else now. Yeah, but I mean, it's a large creature that we don't have. Well, like I said, even the panda bear for many years, we in the West giant thought panda. was bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And until we actually saw it, we thought it was, you know, the myth mythology from these stupid village people. <laughs> And well, yeah, yeah, no, it's like, oh God, no, this thing actually is here, a giant black and white bear. <laughs> well, that's like uh, the gorilla back in the, hmm. I may have my time frame wrong or, or way off, but it was somewhere between the 1930s up to the 1950s, uh, somewhere between in that time area where there was just rumors of giant man beasts. Yep. And yeah, when the gorilla, yeah, until they started getting discovered to in our area, I mean, yeah, I'm sure the natives in Africa and South America, wherever they exist, I mean, yeah, they were common and known to them, but yep. people here in the United States, whoa, what's this, you know? Yeah, what kind of <laughs> crap are they talking about? Impossible. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's honestly, that, that kind of thing is what has kept driving me and an interest in things like Bigfoot is it's like, why is it not possible? You know, just because right. we haven't found it. Like you said, how many how many different creatures, coelacanths, we thought until the 70s were extinct? Oh, God, yeah. no, there's a huge, huge colony of them. You know, the giant squid. It yep, was always mythology. And, and now we have them on camera. We have found them washed up on shore. That's why I, mean, I don't go they exist. the ocean. Exactly. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, but, why know, would this not also be something that we just have not gotten a, a full copy of i mean it, we don't have one here to see doesn't mean it's not there and you know back to talking about primates that's another good example primates alone we have new species that are being discovered all the time oh yeah and then like the most recent one it was uh, some type of orangutan 
So, you know, this this guy, this needs to raise a question to a lot of people, and they need to consider this question as, okay, how long do these species already exist that we just didn't know about? Right. Same logic with Bigfoot. Oh, absolutely. Bigfoot, you know, I mean, Bigfoot's believed to be a highly intelligent species. They're spotted crossing roads and seen and experienced in the woods, you know, because when we come into the woods, we're in their territory. We're, oh, in, yeah. you know, we're interfering with their terrain, their livelihood, you know. So, yeah, there's stories of rock thrones. I mean, I've had a rock thrown at me. I mean, a big rock, too. I nope. wasn't alone. I had several years ago, I had a girlfriend with me. We were walking up a trail. We actually filmed something that was up off the trail going up a ridge. Oh, Couldn't wow. make out what it was. I right. had a cheap camera phone at the time and low quality, but I zoomed in a little bit, which distorted the image a little <laughs> bit more, but we're yep. holding it as still as possible, watching something black move up and down side to side in the brush. So, you know, we ruled it out as, you know, oh, it was probably just a bear playing up in the woods, you know? Right. So we, we continued up the trail and we came up to the creek. We had to cross the creek to uh, continue on the trail. And as uh, soon as we got on the other side, we just started walking up on the trail, and boom, right next to the both of us, this big football-sized stone Whoa. lands right next to our feet and rolls down into the creek. Oh, damn. And we look at each other, and we look back. We're, I'm looking across. I'm not seeing nothing. It's all thick mountain laurel and all kinds of brush, yep. and not seeing a thing. Not hearing no movement. But, yeah, I mean, something in the background eventually went, kind of gave off a, ooh. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I never see nothing, but, you know, rock throne is a very uh, common trait or characteristic or that's reported with our known primates. You know, they do it for whatever reason. And so to me, that's telling me that we're in their territory. We're too close. Get away. But so, yeah, stuff like that. um, And I even kind of lost track where I was going with all that. but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's fine because you're probably tired in that because you got a long trip. Um, why don't you tell yeah. us about some of the conferences you'll be going to? Oh, yeah. Well, coming up in just a three month. well, let me back up a little bit. Uh, there's one I'll be attending. Uh, my next one, I got two coming up in May. Uh, one's going to be up in Pennsylvania on May 4th. Um, it's a small event. And then um, May 13th and 14th. Uh, the Western North Carolina Bigfoot Festival happened in Marion, North Carolina. Uh, that's a big event that goes on every year. Um, I am actually speaking at that event. Um, nice. They are having the 13th and 14th. I'm speaking on the 13th, um, you know, which is weird that they're going to have me speaking on the Friday the 13th. That was say, is it the, Friday? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then the thing is, the main event's happening on Saturday, which they're going to have speaker, speakers on Saturday, uh, Saturday. And I asked the guy, I said, uh, just curious, is it gonna, do you expect a lot of people to come out on the on Friday? You know, I, I feel I feel more comfortable with a bigger audience. You know, a lot of people think the opposite. But to me, if I have more of an audience, I can speak more because I like to know who I'm speaking with, what type of audience I got. Yeah, know, yeah, that's yeah. one thing. When I do a presentation, uh, I, I introduce myself and then I, I try to get the uh, – a little minor interaction from the audience. I like, I like to know who my skeptics are. I like to know how many, you know, whatever believers. And yep. so that way I know how to address people in my presentation, you know, because uh, some of the things, if we have a lot of skeptics, my focus is going to be on them. 
in oh, what God, I say yeah. to them. <laughs> I want them to hear me. <laughs> you know? Heck so, yeah. But, uh, you know, if I have all believers and people that see, you know, then I can just go, okay, well, I'll share some of my research and my beliefs and views on things, then I'll get into some of my experiences, you know, and talk about them and what I believe, what those may relate to, to you know, what, you know, because I do a lot of research in comparison to, you know, Bigfoot. I do cross-reference and comparisons to, you know, some of our known wildlife and then, again, to the primates in general. But, but uh, yeah, as far as events, again, the Marion, North Carolina event, May 13th and 14th. Um, and then jump into June. Um, June 7th, I'll be in Pennsylvania again. Um, and then June 18th. Here's a date to mark down and save the date happening in Stanton, Virginia at the Holiday Inn Conference Center is the Virginia Bigfoot Conference. It's where our event is taking place this year for June 18th in Stanton, Virginia. Uh, you can find information at vabigfootcon.com. Um, that also has information on other up- upcoming events and, um, Come on out there. We're going to have a great time. We've got a great lineup of speakers. We've got a good variety of vendors. And uh, I tell you what, our sponsors are, well, I'm trying to talk. Uh, one of our sponsors are you guys, uh, <laughs> Rob and Marty. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, yeah, you will see there. Uh, we, uh, we're definitely going to have you guys up on our, our banners and everything too. We're going to. Um, hey, please tell the folks to yeah. have pictures of our ugly mugs. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got your logo, so that's going to be on uh, on the yeah. back of our shirts and our uh, banner. So, <laughs> yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you are a Autobots Transformer fan, you guys got to come on out because yes, I am. That's coming party. all the way down. Yeah, all the way down from Maine. I believe they're from out of Bangor, Maine. Um, there's a group of these guys that come down and they they get into the. Uh, you know, I think these out. They're like seven feet tall or something. I mean, uh, I'm, based off the images I've seen, they, they got to be seven to eight feet tall. You know, you got, and, you got uh, vacation awesome. time, don't you, Marty? I got a lot of vacation time. <laughs> hey, uh, come that on would out, be man. awesome. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> uh, well, Daniel. But, uh, um, yeah. We could probably talk for a couple more hours. <laughs> right, right. We're definitely going to oh, have to yeah. have you back again and hit some really different random questions. That I definitely would like to have you come back on and do another yeah, interview. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. When you get Since time. When you schedule, just please. A few months. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys want to get me back uh, after the June event, you know, we could talk some more. So, yeah, if we can get some uh, feedback on how the the event went and everything, too, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. We um, – we do have um, – there is other podcast uh, groups that are going to be there. Like one of our speaking teams there, um, they actually host a, a weekly podcast. Nice. Uh, they're actually going to be broadcasting live from there too. Oh, so, that would uh, be cool. Yeah. yeah um, they're, the name of their podcast is uh, – they're going to be doing interviews as well too. Um, um, it's the CARC team, and they are – I think their YouTube channels is uh, Behind Tall Trees, I believe – his name because they, they actually just had me on one last week um it was their new youtube channel podcast and um it was where the women actually hosted it for the first time so they called it women's night and it's funny that they had me as their guest so, uh, <laughs> actually it made me feel very welcome by the way <laughs> that's, that's awesome man. yeah <laughs> no, it went really well i mean I, you know it's just 
Because yeah, I'll tell you one thing. Like with what you guys did tonight with me and these women, they ask different questions, and that's refreshing. Everybody yeah. wants to hear the same story all the time. Right, right. And well, I was talking you... to my buddy Zach, the one I'm going out to see here in Illinois, and I said, like, Zach. I said, you know, sometimes podcasts could be so uh, overwhelming because everyone, every, I should say everyone, but majority of the ones I've been on, you get back, you, you know, some of them, they schedule you off, you know, you, you get scheduled back to back and you got to continually tell the same story, same oh, story. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, sometimes I try to make it sound a little different, but you can only make it, but makes, uh, you can only make it sound so different, you know, without losing details right. of what actually happened, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's just, you guys, you guys are very refreshing. You know, you guys Thank ask you. some really good, I love the questions you guys ask it because oh, I, the discussions, the I got a whole list here I didn't even get to yet. <laughs> okay. Well, Hey, I'll be ready for them next time. <laughs> and I said, yeah, we usually try to run things pretty laid back and just kind of roll with whatever's going on. Wherever the conversation goes, it's kind of the road we go down and go, all right, let's go down here. Yeah. It's yeah. Funner absolutely. that way. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna let you go now, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Awesome, guys. Thank you very much. And hey, I'll shoot you a message here shortly. So. Yep. Awesome. Hey. Yeah. And drive safe, man. Hang on one second. Oh. Shut